This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Hello again, everyone. You're joining us for another episode of Executive Platforms Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content and Research. My guest today is Victoria Pasquale of Pritchard Industries. Uh, she hosted a Lunch and Learn Roundtable discussion yesterday, um, and I think it's a fantastic conversation about cost controls in, in private equity that we should share with a larger audience. So, Victoria, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you. Why don't we start off with why you chose this topic? And, and for our listeners, the, the context is uh, a Lunch and Learn Roundtable discussion. Someone agrees to host a themed lunch where people say, oh, I'm interested in that topic and we can we can talk about it while we eat and it's you know nine or ten people around a table it's small it's intimate it's opt-in so you're getting the right people having that conversation why did you choose that as the topic of your lunch so I've my history is that I came from public publicly traded companies very large organizations where uh, you have a, a, a fairly decent sized budget that can do a lot of HR functionality a lot of uh, HR rollouts and uh, development then I transitioned to private equity and people think private equity, big dollars and yes, it is, but it's also uh, known for you run it lean and mean, mm -hmm. meaning that as the head of HR, it comes down to I'm on the ground, I'm doing things that I would never normally have to do in a larger company. And you, you learn ways to um, control the cost as well as how to get creative and innovative with the money that you do have to be able to drive that that bottom dollar or that selling price, which is ultimately what comes into private equity. So I had the round table to really meet other individuals, other HR leaders within private equity worlds to see, um, to collaborate on what are they doing from a cost control? How are they approaching this? How are they attacking it? How are they potentially asking for more and doing more with less? Um, and really having that shared across the industry of uh, just different creative ways that they're controlling the cost while still delivering the, the results that are needed in uh, today's business world. Absolutely. And uh, were those the sorts of people who signed up for the lunch? Did you get the right group at the table? Absolutely. We had five uh, different HR leaders from five different PE-backed owned companies, as well as what was very interesting and very um, cool for us is that we had an HR, a chief HR from an actual PE firm. And so he was able to add more different guidance, different perspective on what it's like from, from their point of view, owning these portfolio companies, as well as then hearing uh, for him, hearing the portfolio companies saying, you know, what their challenges are and what we're facing. Um, so it was really great collaboration, which I thought was uh, just an, an awesome lunch. Well, fantastic. Okay. So Again, I think you know it's a beautiful idea to have a bunch of people around a table sharing what they've got, but then it sort of stays at the table. What were some of the sharings and, and offerings? And as you mentioned, you had you know large players and small players and sort of a cross pollination of ideas. What was being discussed? Uh, recruiting was one of the the top the top topics. Uh, talent acquisition and you know going outside your normal realm of different recruiting platforms, Indeed, LinkedIn, etc. Um, those carry, can often carry some pretty big dollar amounts to even engage with the type of uh, hiring uh, companies need to do. Um, and then you, so we talked about you know different tactics that the different portfolio companies are are utilizing to drive uh, better talent that comes into the organizations. Um, you know, a, one example was a, a woman who owned a gym or worked for a gym that was owned by a PE firm. And they're reaching out to some of the senior citizens that use the gym mm -hmm. to offer them a part-time job to try to fill some of their staffing. Definitely something that I took away, like let's utilize, uh, let's get creative, not just using those platforms. 
Um, you know, the other one we really talked about was executive staffing. Um, you hire a, a search firm that can be a six-figure bill, um, and that's definitely not ever put in the budgets. And so how to get creative within your own organization, within your own networking group to where you don't even ever have to go to that route, um, and how you can network within the PE firms to see if there's shared talent that could potentially, or names uh, that could be shared. And so that was one of the, one of the topics. Um, and then another topic that we really focused on is how do you drive DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, when that's not something that's put into a portfolio budget? Mm -hmm. So, and that falls on HR. So how do you drive that within your HR world, understanding that you might not have the right leader that can execute that, but you know you have to execute it because it's important in today's business environment. So how do you do that? And that was a really great topic to discuss amongst the table because there are a lot of different creative ideas that, um, and not a single leader had a DEI leader, which I knew uh, within the organization. So how you know each of us were playing a part in driving that in the organization without having a dedicated. Well, I want to expand upon that because we have a lot of conversations about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, but usually it's with the person who that is their role and they've got strategies in place and programs and they can show results and it's, it's very exciting. And here we are now speaking to someone who you know, they're coming at it from a cost control position. You don't have the budget for it, but it has to be done. It's not just uh, good to do, it's good for business. Mm -hmm. And so how are you know, cost-constrained HR professionals bringing DEI into their organizations? So each organization had a similar, one similar theme, which was find somebody in the organization that truly, um, that you have on your team or within close-knit of your team that truly wanted to drive that uh, you know, initiative. And so each of us had somebody from there, um, it was spreading it out to the organization, and we each did it in our own unique way. Whether it was, you know, bring a team together, have committees, you know, et cetera, um, but figuring out how to drive that initiative without driving cost, and mm -hmm. so uh, hence the cost controls. Uh, simple things that were discussed, like a, a monthly calendar of diversity events throughout the country. Mm -hmm. uh, um, looking at local communities, we talked about, and how you can drive different diversity events within the local community um, without having you know these mega uh, events. How you can just engage in simpler things such as English classes, maybe for your you know ESL classes for your Spanish speaking or um, you know French speaking uh, employees. And then to the point of how you can engage with all different types of those of those ethnicities at different levels of what's important to them. So really honing in, but having a representative on your team um, that's within the rank and file of your employees and not going outside your organization, just saying, we've got it here. Let's look to see what small things each, you know, maybe it's 15 people each do a small thing versus a team of five that do really big things. And so um, it just looks, there might be more events because they're smaller, but it engages a much broader audience. I love that because it also gives people an opportunity to grow in their job and feel like they're making a difference. Absolutely. So in a way, it's also not to say retention as an underlying theme, but like the person who has that job stays with the company and does great work. Yep, it, that they, the company believes in them and what where they come from. And that is, it's a truly a retention tool. It's one of the, the best retention tools um, that, that are out there. Sure, give, give a person purpose and uh, resor some resources to deliver on what they really care about. I mean, who doesn't want to do that in their day to day? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. How about this? Because I, I feel like we could probably talk as long as the lunch lasted. Um, for people who are listening to this episode who, who saw the title or, or read the topic, what are a couple of key takeaways that you took from or that you hope people around the table took from that they might apply to their own work? 
Um, that private equity, number one, is a unique, uh, it's a unique environment within itself, um, but that you're not alone. And so we focused a lot on um, different PE firms operate their portfolio companies very differently. Um, some are more engaged, some are not engaged. Some have dotted lines to the firm, some don't. So really taking that initiative to say like, okay, if my PE firm is not necessarily involved in the day-to-day -day operations, how do I get involved with them? Reaching out, asking like, do you have any references that are HR in a different portfolio company that you have that maybe I can reach out to? Um, my, my particular PE firm is very involved and I have a ton of resources and we do a ton of meetings and, and get togethers. So I know my resources, but I, I've also been in a different PE firm that didn't have that. And so having these resources, um, kind of that HR for HR, how do you reach out to somebody who's in the same environment that you are that can either commiserate, but can also help you get through the weeds. So I think that was one of the great conversations that we had is how do you do that reach out if it's not available, but also here are the people in right here at this table that we can talk to that you can always call and uh, just say, hey, either I'm having a bad day or, hey, I have this struggle. Have you faced it before? I love it. And I think one of the opportunities that comes with conferences like this, we're not talking about competitive advantage. You being a little better at this than someone else doesn't make your company succeed better and drive them out of business. It is a shared community of HR professionals who, you know, a lot of them are being asked to innovate and come up with some great idea that somebody else, you know, five companies over has already, you know, worked on. And wouldn't it be great if those two could put their heads together? I, absolutely. And just share, like, we are all trying, we're all fighting, you know, a talent need. We're all challenged by cost controls, whether you're public or private. Everyone's got a budget. Mm -hmm. uh, it just looks a little bit different for private equity. Everybody is working towards the same goal. So yeah, we have to work together or we're not going to succeed. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, a widening and deepening of the available resources, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Victoria, I feel like I could talk to you all day about this. I think uh, it's something you're really passionate about. I appreciate you hosting a Lunch and Learn about it. And it sounds like it was a great conversation. I'm so glad we could share some of the content with our audience. Um, thanks for speaking with me today. Well, thank you for taking the time. <laughs> You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Nix. Let's do it again soon.